Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Dan, I know we, Burl built this church, of course, and I know that you started coming and you come a bunch of times for Brother Kevin. And I love Dan's singing. I was just like, I know you used to sing a lot more than what you do now, but man, I just, that's what I really loved about Dan. His singing was just like, just absolutely great. And you're going to sing this morning, right? (laughs) But anyway, I'll just have to go on my memories then. But Dan was such a a good inspiration to us. I mean, uh, we do have something very much in common. Brother Kevin built this church basically with a little bit of help. But uh, then after that, I recruited Brother Kevin to build my house. (laughs) So he did that, and I got done with, as he said, I got done with him and kicked him off to the side. And Brother Brother Dan picked him up, and Brother Kevin started helping him remodel his house for, what, two years at least, if not more. Yeah. Yeah, and you learned a lot from him. And I learned a lot from him, and Brother Kevin was just a, just a great, great individual. But that's kind of, I mean, you know, you all have been rocks and pillars, and we just really appreciate you all very much. I, I love it when you're here, and uh, uh, that's all yours. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. I want to give the Lord praise. I was sick when I got up this morning. I mean, sick. I mean, nauseated. I struggled with vertigo. And and, uh, I just looked in the mirror and I said, if I'm alive, devil, I'm going to be standing. Amen. And it's interesting that as you go, sometimes it gets better. Amen. But I want you to pray with me, not now, but I want you to remember what I just said, because I'm in a battle with the devil. I like what you said. We've already won by the power of the blood. But there's something going on. I've got vertigo. I wasn't going to share it. But I'm going to share it because I want you to pray. And and you'll get a card before I leave and just take that card, put it on your fridge or something. But here's what's going on. The enemy wants me to stop. That's what's going on. Because I retired in 2019, and then I came out of retirement because of COVID. I, I, I was fine retired. But then the Lord said, I need you to do something else. And we've been struggling. I've been struggling. But the devil is a liar. Amen? So when, when, when I'm standing and I'm feeling okay, and if I fall over, just pick me up and go on. <laughs> but, but I want you to pray after we leave that the Lord will give me strength because I've got a mission to accomplish, and I pray in Jesus' name to accomplish what God has called me to do. Amen? Because these are great days. 
there's never been a greater time for the gospel of Jesus than right now. I'm just telling you. People say all kinds of things, but I am telling you, if you believe that Jesus is Lord, there's never been a better market than we have right now. Everybody needs Jesus. Nobody. Ever since COVID, nobody has the answer. Are you with me? Nobody knows. People are scared. They're hunkered down. But Jesus is the answer. And we have the answer. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. I thank you for your healing power. I thank you, Lord, that you touched me this morning. I thank you that the devil is a liar. I thank you that you rose from the grave, not just so that I could be saved, that I could be healed. And I thank you, God, that you touched me this morning, and I pray you continue to touch me as I share today. You're a good God, and we give you praise, and we give you glory for everything that you do because you are the mighty, mighty God. I pray that you bless this time together, Lord. Give somebody encouragement today. Give them a word that they can leave here with knowing that the battle is the Lord's. Help them to know that greater is he that's in them that's, than he that's in the world. And help them when they leave to know God's got this. And I pray, God, that we will give you the glory and the praise. And everybody said, amen. amen. It's such a privilege to be with you. As David said, I got a lot of memories in this room. A lot of memories in this room. And uh, Mary's daddy, Brother Burl, he's such a blessing to Terry and I. He built the second part of my house. And I'd ask him all the time, I'd say, now how much I owe you? And he said, you going to feed me? That was his answer every day. You going to feed me? What a blessing that man was, and he would be so happy. He would be so happy as he looks over the balcony of heaven to see that the Lord's work is still going on. There's a lot of negativity in the world, amen? And it's easy to focus on that. A little boy went to a little town. They moved, and he, he went to the country store, and he went up on the porch of the country store and he looked at this man in this rocking chair and he said sir what kind of town is this and the old man said well what kind of town did you come from and the little boy said oh we came from a bad town it was an awful place nobody was friendly everybody was always complaining and had bad news and the old man looked at him and he said, well, this is that kind of town. About five minutes later, another little boy came up and he looked at the old man and he said, sir, we just moved here. And he said, I hated to leave the town we came from. It was the best town you've ever heard of. Everybody was friendly. I hated to leave that town, but my daddy moved here, and I know we've got to come. So I'm just checking to see what kind of town this is. The old man looked at him and said, well, it's the same kind of town. And outlook has a lot to do with outcome, amen? And so... There is a lot of negativity. I have never, ever in my lifetime, I'm 66, 
I've never seen fear like I have seen fear in the last three years, ever in my life. People afraid to get COVID. People afraid to get COVID again. I, I, I talked to a man that had a mask on and I said, are you okay? And he said, yeah, I'm okay, but I don't want to get that virus. I told Terry when we went through this together, because there was several days and several weeks we were just together. There wasn't much, <laughs> wasn't too many guests at our house. It was just us four and no more, you know. But I looked at her one day and I said, I am not going to live in fear. That is the craziest thing. Think about it. I mean, it's got you paralyzed before you get it. I just told her, if I get it, I just have to pray I get over it. But I'm going to pray that while I don't have it, I don't act like I do have it. Amen? And so you have to decide this is the day, say it with me, that the Lord hath made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. You got to decide. You got to decide. You can either look at things and say it's half empty, or you can look at it and say it's half full. And I want to tell you, I have been so excited to come today. Because I got a lot of emotion that 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 I can't put into words in the, about this room and what this place represents in my life. And I had a sermon prepared, and I was worshiping God, and and uh, I found this concert online. CC Wine, and you ever heard of CC Wine? Man, I started listening to that, and I went into the glory. And while I was praying and worshiping the Lord, I'm telling you, the Lord said, don't do what you had planned. Do this. And so I'm just telling you, I prepared. I had a sermon, but we'll just have to wait till later because that's not what's going to happen today. The Lord said to my heart, he said, you tell them how good I am. And I said, okay, well, how do I tell them how good you are? And he said, well, that's easy, just to give you testimony. So I, I've known Jesus ever since I can remember. As my mom used to say, nine months before he was born, he met Jesus in, my, <laughs> in me. We never, Terry and I have never known not knowing the Lord. Boy, that's a good testimony, isn't it? We have never known not knowing the Lord. As far back as I can remember, I knew Jesus. They say I got saved when I was five. I probably got saved before that. I, I just always have known Jesus. And then when I was 12, Brother Jackson, anybody knew who that is? That was the district superintendent. No, I was 11. I was 11. And he said, 
you have to be 12 to go to youth camp, but since you're going back to Africa, you can come on. So I came on when I was 11, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I know they were, they were really, really, really trying to get me filled, and that wasn't working for me. It's like, you know, you're not going to push something on me I can, that I don't want. So I went over in the corner, and I said this to God. God, they want me to get the Holy Ghost. Do you want me to get the Holy Ghost? Because I don't want anything that you don't want me to have. And I am telling you, people people say, what, what, I have Baptist friends all the time say, well, what's this Holy Ghost thing? I say, well, you just got to know about it before you can understand it. Isn't that the truth? So I went over in the corner and I said, Lord, if you want me to have the, I, I mean, it was just this simple. I said, I was kneeling down. I said, if you want me to have the Holy Ghost, give me the Holy Ghost. And in minutes, I felt like somebody had poured hot honey over my head. And I remember, I was just 11 years old, and I got up and I said, something happened to me. Something just happened to me. And I thought, well, I got to straighten up. I couldn't straighten up. My friend at camp, he looked at me and he said, what is that smile on your face? I said, I don't know. I don't know. But something happened to me. And, and, and I'm telling you, something happened to me. I went to bed that night, woke up speaking in a heavenly language in the night. I thought, whoo, something has happened to me. Something happened to me. So I want to pause and I want to give a little commercial for the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're still going to heaven. But if you want the Holy Ghost, just tell God. That's all you got to do. Just say, Lord, I'd like to have what you've got for me. If, if, it's, for, if it's for everybody, I'd like to have it. And then don't, don't get shook up. Just keep on going. Just keep on praising God. Just keep on thanking him for all of his blessings. And you watch. You watch. Next time we see each other, you'll run up to me and say, Hey, you remember that day you came to my church? It'll happen because God wants you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And then that was a huge thing. And then I started traveling with Jesus. I met Terry traveling with Jesus. I, people, people say, did you struggle to find a wife? No, not after I. Started traveling with Jesus. He found her. I didn't find her. And oh, uh, how how long? Forty-seven. Man, don't think about it long. Amen. Forty-seven years. We got a wonderful son and a granddaughter. I mean, a daughter-in-law and uh, two grandsons. One of them just born. How old is Harrison? A month old now. And then Jack's th five weeks, and then Jack's three. Is that right? It, it, it pays to follow Jesus. It pays to travel with the Lord. How many of you have been saved long enough to know that it's a good thing? 
You can't go wrong with the Lord. Now, does that mean everything's going to be good? No. It means that when it's not good, he's there. Amen. Just because you meet Jesus doesn't mean you're going to be a millionaire. You know, just because you meet Jesus doesn't mean everything you want, you're going to get. There's a lot of things you want you don't need. And God knows that he ain't going to give it to you. Amen. But when you meet Jesus, it's what happens. You know what that is? <laughs> I told Terry I was struggling yesterday a little bit in my health, and I put that in my pocket. And this morning I just got it out, and I said, this is a seed. And this seed's going to get me to church, and this seed's going to get me to preach, and this seed's going to get me back home. It's just a seed, but I'm going to take one step, and then the Lord's going to take the next, and we're going to get there, and we're going to get through, and we're going to get home. might seem silly, but it wasn't silly when I put it in my pocket. And when I met Jesus, that's what it was. It was a seed. And he put it in my heart. And my mom, she knew I was going to get saved. I asked her one time, I said, well, how about if I had decided I wasn't going to get saved? She said, well, you'd have to move out. Because as for me and my house, I like that. We're going to serve the Lord. So you're going to live in this house. <laughs> we kind of already made the choice. You, you might say, well, now, you know, everybody has a will. Listen, don't, 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 don't let your kids just run rough shot over you. Amen. Amen. Really? We had a boy. He's not here this morning and I'm not, I'm not going to say anything that would embarrass him, but there was times he didn't want to go right. If you, if you're living and you're 16, you don't want to go right. But I just told him, I said, you got a choice to make, buddy. If you're going to live here, there's things we're going to do here. And I don't think you're old enough to go live by yourself, so you better get over it. Listen, listen, listen. It's interesting. Because he came to us, I guess it was last year. He said, thank y'all for putting up with me. You know, there's sometimes when you start out in life, you think you know, but you don't know. And somebody that does know have to tell you you don't know. And just sit down and rest and get over yourself. Amen. It's good preaching, Brother Dan. So anyway. So through all this and going into missions and, and, and uh, deciding that we were going to spend our life trying to help other people on the other side of the world in Indonesia. I had to believe that God could do it. When, when I started in ministry, I had a dream, but I, I didn't have any money. I just had a dream. And uh, I went to the, I, I didn't go on staff at a church. I, I just said, I'm just going to go into ministry. Well, nobody knows it but you. 
Are you with me? People say, well, where are you going to go? I have no idea. I just decided I was going to go into the ministry. I don't know where I'm going to go. And so this guy called me and he said, would you do a youth meeting for me? I said, yes, I went and preached. And this little lady came up to me, just a shuffling lady, just shuffling like this. And she said, son, I know you got a good offering because I put a hundred in. Man, that's like a million dollars that night. I thought, hallelujah, at least I got a hundred. She put a hundred in. The offering was $63.27 and, and jingled. I learned when they jingle it and not a good thing. You know, it's a jingling offering. You need to pray. So anyway, $63.27. So I got down the road and counted that. I got mad. Man, I got to pay my light bill. It ain't going to work. 63. So I turned my car around. Remember that Starsky and Huck? When they, remember Starsky and Huck when they put that little, little light on? I didn't have a light, but I, I'm going to go get that guy. And I, you know, I was going down the road. And the Lord said, pull over, pull over. I don't know. I got things to do and places to go. You ever been there? And I shook hands with him, and he gave me a little piece of paper. I thought it was a note. I put it in my pocket. And he turns around, and he leaves. As an angel, but we didn't know it at that moment. But as an angel, that wasn't a boy. So anyway, so I get to the pastor's house, a dear family friend. I said, Carrie, did you see that little fella come up? He said, What? He said, I was standing right beside you. I said, that little guy that come up there. He said, there wasn't nobody like that. So I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I go up to my room and I reach in that pocket and there's that little piece of paper and I unfold that piece of paper. There's a hundred dollars in there. I mean, little boys, you know, running around with a hundred dollars, nobody. And God let me know, if they take it, I'll get it. It don't make no difference. It don't make no difference. I'll take care of you. You just you just sign up with me. It's going to be okay. And so that night I said, you know what? That's about as good as I can get. And so what happened, the reason I'm telling you that, is the Lord spoke to me and he said, when you hear my voice, go. Go. Don't worry about how much. Don't because Terry will tell you, we started with dollars and ended up being thousands and ended up being tens of thousands. It doesn't matter. When God said go, we'd go. Okay. Okay. And then people like you would just hear the voice of the Lord. And so we just started working. And boy, what a ride it has been. Well, in 2019. We decided to be grandparents. <laughs> we'd, we'd run the world and we'd seen the world. I'd been to Indonesia 89 times, back and forth, back and forth. And it was, it was good, but it was just time. And then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, I had a friend from Oklahoma. His dad started Oral Roberts for Oral Roberts. So Oral Roberts didn't start Oral Roberts. He got people that were scholastic. And this man started Oral Roberts University 
poor old Roberts. That's David's daddy. So he and I were the same age, David and I, and we were just friends in Indonesia. And then God joined our hearts, and he called me when COVID started, and he said, Dan, you have any money? I said, yeah, I got some money. And he said, you need to send me what you got. He said, now let me tell you why. He's, he's got the same spirit, same DNA as I do. He said, I've never in my life seen hungry people till now. But he said, all of these people in Bali, on the, he, he works on the island of Bali. He said, all these people on the island of Bali that were working in the hotels have lost their income because of COVID. And they've gone back to the village and they don't have any food. He said, you've heard this kind of story in your life. I have too, but I've never seen it. So we sent him some money. We went through that money quick. And then he called me. He said, you got any more money? I said, no. And he said, will you pray to help me? I said, yeah. Yeah, I will. And the Lord said, you got to help David. And I said, God, I don't know how to help David. I don't even know how to help myself. Did you ever feel kind of like that in COVID? It was just such a weird time. And so one night I was pacing the floor and the Lord said, just get on Facebook and tell people you need some money. I said, huh? <laughs> what? He said, yeah, just get on Facebook, tell people you need some money. I raised $40,000 <laughs> On Facebook. I couldn't believe it. Still can't believe it. But you know, if you'll obey, it's amazing what happens. It's just amazing. People just started sending me five and ten and eight, and I was like, I, I never had that happen. But if you'll obey, God will do the stuff. He's just looking for somebody to obey. Can we just camp there for a second? Isn't that the truth? He's just looking for somebody to obey. When, when we met over in that corner that night, he, he and, and Rinka was telling me about all the, all the things they were trying to do in, in India. And I remember what you said. We're just us, but we just got to do something. Man, that God likes to hear, I got to do something. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, you don't, you don't have to do what I do or what they do, but whatever God lays on your hearts, just do something. Just something. And so I told David, I said, we're going to do something. So we did that. And then during COVID, God speaks to me <laughs> and says, you got to go to Indonesia. I told Terry, she said, we do this a lot at our house. Huh? <laughs> She said, huh? I said, we got to go to Indonesia. She said, when? I said, now. She said, huh? What? I said, I know, I know, honey. And boy, it was as crazy as we thought it was. We start trying to go. You can't go. You can't go. They said, well, you got to have a, a COVID test here. And then and then we found out that we had to have a COVID test in Chicago, too. Now, now, listen, listen, God knows everything. So I said, well, okay, so 
We couldn't find anybody to give us a COVID test in Chicago on Saturday. Nobody. Nobody. Everything. No, no. So we finally found this one clinic, and they would give it to us. cost $685 a piece. A piece. I thought, I think I'd just rather die. $685 a piece. So... I told her, she said, this is getting worse by the minute. I said, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So I just prayed and I said, now, Lord, listen, listen, you got to just talk to the Lord, talk to him. I said, Lord, now we get, did you tell me to go or did I eat bad pizza? What is, what's going on? What's going on? And I heard the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. And he said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I told you. That's why all this is going on, because I told you. You see, David had to tell himself that when he's up there. I mean, they didn't even send him to the battle, because he's just a wimp. And he said, well, I like what you said. I've already been down this road before. And if he told me to go, I'm going to go. And you come against me with a sword and a spear, but I come against you. What did he say? In the name of the Lord. So I just said, well, in the name of the Lord. So I call this girl named Pam. I'm telling this because God's concerned about every little detail. So I call this girl named Pam, and I said, Pam. We got, we got to be real good friends, and we did. I said, Pam, they say I got to pay $685 for a test and that you'll give it to me, but it's going to She said, that's right. She said, how old are you? I told her how old we were. She said, you got your insurance cards? I said, yeah. She said, take a picture of them on the phone and send them to this phone number. So I sent them. She said, give me one day. So I gave her one day. She called back. She didn't explain nothing. She said, I got that all waved. It ain't going to cost nothing. I didn't ask why. <laughs> I didn't ask how. I just said, okay. So T Terry's here. She's a witness. So we get there. You'd have thought we were, the, we were the president and first lady of the United States. We walked in. They said, are you Robert Webb? I said, yes. She said, come right this way. I'm like, hey. We just walked in like we were royalty. He will make a path for you. He will make a path. And so we went. And Terry knows because she was there. We had no idea the timing of what was going on till we got there. So we get there. And so the missionary, David, the ORU founder's son, he said, we got to go up to the mountain. We got any slides back there, guys? Let's see, where are we at? We've skipped a bunch. I know I've been looking at you. You've been looking at me, so I'm sorry. Skip that one. Well, no, well, let's read that one. Let's go back. It is the Lord who goes before you. Read it with me. He will be with you. 
He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Who hallelujah. Put that on your dashboard. Hallelujah. Isn't that the truth? Hallelujah. So that's next slide is baby. That's, that's David. And that's baby, his Indonesian wife. These people are saints. I wish they were here this morning. They, they wish they were here too. They, he told me that this morning. He said, tell them we love them. Thank you for all people are doing. But anyway, so he said, we got to go up the mountain. Next slide. So he takes us up on the mountain. And when we get up on the mountain, they've been feeding these kids and they've been telling them about Jesus. Now, listen, listen, listen. You'll, you'll appreciate this. This is a Hindu village. Now, you don't get the full weight of what I just said. This is a Hindu village. That means don't bring your stuff in here. This is a closed place. The only thing is they got hungry. And no Hindus came with food. <laughs> but some crazy people that love Jesus showed up with bags of food. And I don't know how else to say it. I'm not being disrespectful and tricked them. Go <laughs> when you're hungry. <laughs> when you're hungry, there's no such a thing as Christian food and Hindu food. It's just food. Oh, let, let's listen. Listen, let me just preach a little bit here. You got to help somebody's need many times before you can tell them about your Jesus. Just help them. Just help them because you love Jesus. So we, they start helping them. Well, they, these, these kids and these people in this village, and this doesn't always happen. They fell in love with these people, with David and baby. They just fell in love with them. And so, next slide. And so the leader of the village is a guy named Mahdi. It's spelled M-A-D-E, but it's Mahdi. So they met Mahdi. And Mahdi, we met Mahdi. He's just something else. And so... About the fourth time David went up there, Mighty pulls him aside and said, what are you doing? David said, what do you mean? He said, what are you doing? He said, well, y'all said you were hungry, so we brought food up here. And you said you were hungry again, so we came back and brought some more food. And he said, and then when Dan came, I told him, we have to come up here and Mighty's got to meet Dan because he's the one that bought the food. So we're not doing anything other than just doing what we do. He said, well, why do you do this? He said, well, he said, we follow Jesus and Jesus commands us to do this. I said, Okay. So David gets in the car, goes back down the mountain. Mighty goes to bed. Folks, you can't make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up. Either you're crazy and you're lying and God will get you, or you can't make it up. You just can't make it up. So 
David and baby get in the car, go down the mountain. Body goes to bed and has a dream. And in the dream, Jesus comes to him and says, Mighty, I've been trying to get your attention all your life. And I sent David up here to tell you, you're following the wrong God. And Jesus is the Lord. And if you'll follow him, everything you've been looking for will come to pass. So Mighty wakes up. He doesn't have a cell phone. He does now because we bought him one, but he didn't then. So he calls his friend, come to his house. Very primitive how everything's done. David gets a call from a weird number, answers it, and the person on the other end of the line is Mighty, and Mighty said, you got to come back up here today. Something happened last night. So David and baby get in the car, drive up the mountain. Mighty said, what happened? David said, well, Jesus came to you. Isn't that what you said? He said, you tell me, did Jesus come to you? He said, yeah. He came to me last night and said, I'm supposed to be following him. He said, sound like a good idea to me. So Mighty got saved. Now people say, and y'all know, because you know, you know Hindu. Y'all know Hindu. This is no little deal, man. This is going to disrupt his whole system. He's like, okay, if I need to follow Jesus, I'm going to follow Jesus. I mean, it's just like childlike faith. He'd been baptized. This guy got saved. He didn't just get, well, I wish people in the States would get saved like mighty got saved. Just going one way, turn around, start going the other way. So he got saved. So we went up to see mighty we prayed for him he's holding his new phone because he didn't have a phone I said well we'll buy you a phone you'd have thought we gave him a hundred million dollars just if we bought him a phone see you gotta take care of what people need to have taken care of I'm just telling you whatever. if you see somebody in a store and they don't have five dollars and you got five dollars that'll help them you give them five dollars you say well I need it. Well, be careful. Be careful. Because your light shines in darkness. Oh, hallelujah. And they see the light. They see it. If you'll just turn it on. Amen. I'll hurry on. So we prayed for mighty. This picture, I look at it just about every day. Mighty don't have any religion if you can't see it. If it's not, he doesn't know to shut his eyes yet. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. He doesn't have any religion. He just met Jesus. So after we prayed right there, Mighty said, what do I need to do? Right there, right there. I mean, we were just right there just about eight weeks ago. And, and, April, April, okay, sorry, a little longer. And he said, what do I need to do? I said, you don't need to do anything, Mighty. He said, yeah, I got to do something. You see, when Jesus fills you up, you got to let it go. It's just the way it works. So I, I stood there for a minute. I said, Mighty, you don't have to do anything. We are so glad 
that you allow us to use your yard in the back. He said, no, no, no. He kept saying, and, and baby, she speaks fluent Indonesian, and she also speaks Balinese, which is another dialect. And I said, make sure that I'm understanding. What's he saying? So she said it in Balinese, and he said, I got to do something. Tell me what I need to do. So we stood there a minute, y'all, and I said, well, what do you want to do? <laughs> and he said, you tell me. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you something. I've been in corporate religion a long time, and it's good. But if you're not careful, you just get involved in nickels and noses, counting noses and counting nickels. I've been doing that for years. And hallelujah, I'm going to tell you something. God got me right back down where the rubber meets the road with mighty. Just as I've been waiting for this a long time where this is what it's all about. A man meets Jesus because he has a vision. That sounds like the New Testament, doesn't it? And now he's saying, what do, what do I need to do? So I said, well, what do you want to do? And he said, well, you tell me. So I said, well, when the kid, when, when we have about 200 kids out in the yard when we do the outreach. I said, when it rains, where do they go? And he said, they go in my living room. I said, 200? He said, well, <laughs> they st we stack them on top of each other is what he said. I said, well, we could build a pavilion, a church without walls. I didn't say that. And then they could not have to go out in your living room. And just as easy... He just looked at me and he said, let's do that. Let's do that. And your offering today is going to do that. And let me just tell you how I work. People said, when I got home, you be, you, I have a Baptist friend in town. And he said, you better not let the ink dry on that. I said, you're right. So this costs $10,000. I've already sent 5,000. Where'd that come from? God. God. And Terry and I don't mind investing in the kingdom of God. That's the best place to invest money. So, Mighty's going to have his pavilion. We're cutting the metal right now. I didn't have that picture to put up, but we're cutting that. And, uh, We'll raise $10,000. We've already sent five, and we'll get the other five. Now, let me just tell you what's going to happen in this pavilion. There are going to be a whole lot more mighties. That's just how God works. And folks, listen. I, I don't know how to say it more than I can say it. If you invest in this, you're investing in eternity. Because this money ain't going to me. This money ain't going to Mighty. This money's going to put this concrete down, put this pavilion up, and then let me tell you what will happen. We've already got, there's so many people getting saved up there, we're trying to keep the news away from the people that don't need to hear it. 
We don't have a problem with people getting saved. We have a problem <laughs> making sure they don't tell everybody. Jesus loves people. America, we're the field that's overgrown, but there's places that these people have never heard about Jesus. Ever. Their mama didn't know about it. Their daddy didn't know about it. Their grandma didn't. They are hearing about Jesus for the very first time. And let me just tell you, there's no resistance. There's none. You tell them about Jesus and they go, is that for me? Did he die for me? And you tell them, yeah. Can I receive him? And you say, yeah. You say, well, where's your baptistry? We have rivers. <laughs> and when we tell them they need to get baptized, people say, do you have classes? Not very long ones. <laughs> Because they say, I want to get baptized today. Isn't that wonderful? And I'll finish. I've rambled on today and you've put up with me. But let me just tell you, my body's a little weak, but my spirit's not. I'm so glad that God said, I got something else for you to do. My mom's been in heaven since 2016, but right before she died, I love my daddy. My daddy, mighty man of God, missionary in Africa. But my mom is my mom. If any of y'all have ever had a mom, you know what I'm talking about. And right before she died, we were sitting in the den, and she said, son, do you know how great you are? Moms get by with talking like that to their sons, don't they? And I said, no, mom, I really don't. I doubt myself a lot. And she said, quit doing that, will you promise? Because she said, God is using you in a mighty way. I'm not so sure about all that, but thank you, Mom. But I will tell you this. Two old guys, 66 years old, David and Dan, have an assignment. And this isn't the last village. This is the first village. And I want you to be a part of it. And there's not any amount too little. There's not any amount too big. It's just God just takes care of how we raise the money. Amen. Where's James? Is there a James in here? Oh, that's not the right name. Where are those cards? Who has those cards right here? Joseph. Pass those cards out. Are you stirred up?
<laughs> I'm stirred up, man. I tell you, I tell you, I love, I love just hearing his heart and his vision. And I'm excited about what they're, I mean, what a, what a open door to this village, a Hindu village. This is, this is big. This is big. And, and uh, what an opportunity just to be a part of it. So I want to be a part of this. I want our church to be a part of it. And uh, I realize I, it's not our normal mission Sunday and I didn't have time to uh, uh, announce this. Um, but if, if you want to be a part in supporting what they're doing out there, uh, I just want to give you the opportunity to give. Uh, if you didn't come prepared to give and you would like just to make a commitment, just grab one of the envelopes that are in the in the seat back in front of you and just make a pledge and uh, we'll cover that. We'll cover that pledge and then you can just pay that off in the next several weeks as, as, uh, as you're able. But I uh, just don't want to miss the opportunity to be involved. Thank you. And really, I just want to thank, come on, let's thank, let's thank Dan for coming. <laughs> come on. Thank, thank you for coming and, and uh, ministering to us, I'm telling you, uh, just just awesome, awesome thing. Uh, just inspiring to see how God uses. I mean, it, it encourages me, you know, because we're we're all walking this this road, and and we want to be used by God. And there's always all kinds of opposition. Why? Well, because the devil's job is not to work with you. His job is to work against you. So if you're going to push into the kingdom of darkness or push forward for God, you're going to hit resistance. It's just going to happen, but you can let God fight your battles and you can keep on walking. And so I'm encouraged by that today. So as you're uh, just preparing in your heart what you want to give there uh, today, or like I said, if you'd like to make a, a pledge, please feel free to do that. And then also we'd like to take up our regular offering at the same time. So uh, please, if you're going to just combine them, just earmark it on the envelope so that, you know, we can definitely account it to where it needs to go. Okay. And if I could get the band uh, to come on up and uh, get ready to play us a little offering music. Offerings just are begging for a, a song, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, get our offeratory ready. Yeah, it's followed by the ushers. There we go. Look at this. Almost like we planned it, huh? <laughs> you guys are awesome. Awesome. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to give into this this thing that you that you're doing in Indonesia, Lord. We just thank you for this. I pray, Lord, that uh, as they go and they continue to be faithful with, with just being there and helping, Lord, that more and more eyes will open, more and more villages will be open, Lord. Lord, that you get this harvest for yourself at the end times. And Father God, I just thank you for the privilege of being part of it, Lord. Some of us are called to go places and some of us will support those who go. And Lord, I just thank you for that. It says in the scripture, how can they go unless they're sent, Lord. And I'm, I'm very happy that this church is a sender of many, many missions. And Lord, we want to we send the word and send relief and send this pavilion. This pavilion won't, won't just be a, a building. This will be like a church for real. What a, what a landmark there of, of your eternal presence uh, with them as the Christians come together and have a place to meet. Praise God. So, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to give, Lord. May it go into this place and multiply and may much fruit for the kingdom come through this offering. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.